of all the created beings, we as human beings have, have the special ability to be able to speak and have conversations. The humpback blue whales try to talk, but all they have are low-frequency sounds, sometimes they can be heard miles away. They cannot talk. And the birds try to speak, and they do sing a bit, but they haven't talked yet. And then the wolves are out there, and they are vocalizing, trying to communicate. Good try. <laughs> but we, as a part of God's creation, have been given this unique gift of speaking to people. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is addressing this thriving Ephesians church in Ephesus that was one of the greatest churches of all time. And on this occasion, I don't know whether this was at an 11 o'clock service, he kind of breaks out and does a in-your-face talk. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 in the Passion Bible. If you're here, just say yes. yes. Let's, uh, let's read this verse together, verse 29. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. This uh, word never kind of popped up because it's inflexible. It's like never, say that word, never. never. A little louder, never. never. Never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth and upgrade and let words that become beautiful gifts that are encouraging others and do this by speaking words of grace to those that are around you. Now, before we can speak, we need to learn to listen to the person we're about to speak to. To listen not with our audible ears only, not only by our thought patterns and our thinking, but we have to learn to communicate in a better way from one heart to another heart where we are capturing exactly what we were created to be and do with each other. So we have to learn how to listen. A renowned author said, being listened to and heard is one of the greatest desires of the human heart, and those who learn to listen are the most loved and accepted. So, if a student is next to you on campus, learn to be sensitive to what maybe the Lord would have you say after you listen. Or dad, turn off your computer, throw your cell phone in the dishwasher, take the earbuds, away, 
and actually let it be silent and pull up a chair with your son or your daughter and maybe initiate a conversation and begin to not fix them, not adjust them, not reprimand them, but just sit there and listen and maybe ask some questions and maybe decide to give your full attention, full attention to what they are really saying but didn't say. Because what people say doesn't, don't always reflect what they're really saying. Because somebody can say yes, but they're saying no. Somebody can be doing this, but telling you they're like this. And we have the Holy Spirit that is living inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is not there just to carry us around. The Holy Spirit is there so that he can help us, so that we can communicate at a level that is not in the natural, but it's in the supernatural, where we know things we cannot know in the natural. Our minds cannot comprehend what is happening, but in the Holy Spirit, we're able to know something directly because we decided not to fix them, but to listen to their hearts. That's the way Jesus interacted. When the children were crying, <laughs> the Bible says that he even says, bring the children to me. The disciples thought it was a disturbance and inconvenient. And maybe they were crying that day. But he said, bring them anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we have, to, we have to invite them to open up. And that takes the Holy Spirit. You know, when you're walking somewhere... I'm going in the gym, everybody says, how are you? And everybody says, great, right? They're not gonna say, my dog died, my wife's in the hospital, I had a head-on collision yesterday, and I don't wanna live. But everybody says, yeah, everything's great. However, when we have real genuine relationships, we go from superficial, nice, cultural, I'm good, to asking the questions, hey, you seem upset. You wanna talk about it? What's going on? And then you have to get more specific and allow the Holy Spirit to lead. I like what it says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse four. It says, when you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life but unhealthy negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. When a person around us is hurting and they are going through a very difficult time, it's very easy to have no one to talk to. No one to literally validate some of the pain that is in their life or in their heart. It's very easy for us to say things that are simply trite and not helpful. Well, you'll be fine. Uh, it'll be it could be worse. Don't, don't worry about things. They'll work out. It's no big deal. Stop complaining. No. We have to validate what they're feeling. I can't imagine. Look them right in the eyes. 
How many had two eyes? Look them right in the eyes. Don't stare. Don't look around. Say, hey, I was right in the eyes. The eyes are a window into the heart. The eyes reveal more than you think they do. It's hard to lie what's in your eye. That was good. <laughs> and it's nice to have someone who actually is interested. You know, I agree with you that you, that that was a right decision. Or you're brave and courageous to take that kind of a stand. I'll be praying for you. Let's have a coffee after our small group. And what happens, we are learning to validate their pain and their hurt. And what we're doing, we are doing what Tracy and Melanie did with Jessica when they basically, she was not going forward. She was not moving out. And Tracy and Melanie decided they would go to Jessica and they would validate what she was going through. And when they did, something miraculous happened in Jessica's life. Her life was changed. I wonder if some of the shootings and some of the things that are happening all around the world now are not only by people that maybe have some mental problems, but I would suggest maybe it's a person who has never been listened to and no one has asked them or somehow decided to draw them out so that they could, they could talk about what they are going through. And you may be here in this 11 o'clock meeting and, and maybe you don't have anyone. And I think we have to uh, remember that when we come together here as a family, that there are people around us who are uh, excited and, and they're, they're ex everything is going great and they're pumped and they're kicking. And there are other people who are somehow inward and they carry pain and they live their pain. And maybe you, as you're going out, the Holy Spirit says, why don't you talk to her? And maybe, maybe the connection could be something so incredible that there would be the Holy Spirit that is using us in a greater way because we chose to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We, we, opened, up, we opened up to them and they opened up to us and we listened and we validated where they were. Never, the apostle says, never. What's the Spanish word for never? As you said. <laughs> never, how do you say that in Portuguese? As you said. And those that speak English, never. never. A little louder. How often? Never. Never speak ugly or these words that are hateful. Don't let them come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Now, the enemy has a way with all of us in our relationships to become simply offended. In fact, in Luke chapter 17, verse number one says, it is impossible that no offense should come. And so we all are offended. And sometimes in the tiniest ways, we just feel it. I was at a light and it was red and I was right up front 
and it turned green. And before I could start, there was this horn that went on and on. And I felt like saying, hallelujah. <laughs> Getting out of the car. Sometimes the littlest things, do I have the right group here this morning? The littlest things that are inconsequential will offend us. Most of the time, little things pile up on little things that pile up. And after a while, you have a stack of little things and you are offended. And when you're offended in a family, you decide often not to leave the family, although you may want to, but you leave the family by instituting a social media ongoing rampage where basically your house is filled with people who are hanging out and are boarded up in the house, but not a family. Families are people who talk to each other. And when the offense comes, and this word here in Luke 17, uh, scandalon, actually it's a word that has to do with a trap and that when they had the traps trying to catch something, the bait was actually what caught them. And John uh, wrote a book on this thing, the bait of Satan, John Bevere. And so the offense becomes a bait of the enemy. And the Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not for even a day. And don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. And the word here simply is this uh, understanding of don't give place in the Greek. And I think of like a property that you have and you have a fence around your property. And what that is saying is this, that if you have a territory and that territory or land belongs to you, don't give space for someone to come in and take your property. So if that fence represents inside the territory that has been given to us, the spiritual authority that we have in Jesus Christ, and what the enemy tries to do, he tries to get into our space, and he tries to begin to influence our entire space. And the Bible says, don't you allow the slanderous don't allow the slanderous accuser to get into your space and to affect you because when the slanderous guy comes in and he begins to get in our space, then he begins to influence our families, influence our homes. And most of the time, this offense is in there. And what we do is we let the enemy come in because we are not aware of his tactics and he's dividing us and we have to decide that we're not putting up with it anymore and that we decide don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil to an, an opportunity to manipulate, manipulate you. Don't give him space. He is a squatter. Start fighting. Put on your gloves. Rebuke the devil. Reach out. Be a part of community. Call in the fire department. Friends full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And begin to fight the devil. 
and begin to take back the space that he stole from you in the name of Jesus. 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 It is time that we take back. Man, I was getting ready this morning. I was praying in the spirit. I got this inside determination that the enemy is not gonna lead me. The enemy is not gonna influence me. The enemy is not gonna have space in my life. I decided this morning that he is not gonna have any space in our services, that we are expunging him. We are not negotiating with him. He is a squatter. This is our territory. This is what God has given to us. And we're not backing down. We're not backing down. And if you don't fight, you're gonna lose. If you don't stand up for your family, you're gonna end up like all the families in America. Everybody coming in on the social net, all the social media, kids on the media, parents on the media, not sitting around having dinner together, not communicating, what kind of a family is that? That's not a family. You're just boarding together. God hasn't given us children. Well, he has given us children to develop our spirituality. How many have children? You know what I mean? Children are wonderful. They will either kill you or you become spiritually powerful. <laughs> One or the other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to stand up. If you're a single mother, you got to stand up and say, listen, we eat together and you clear all those smartphones, wherever they are. Don't let them in the room. Don't let them on that table. Don't let them in that chair. Don't say, well, turn that off. No, get that phone out of this room because it might go off and you're going to be distracted. Get it in the other room. Lock it up in the safe. And get back talking to each other, looking each other in the eye, and begin to open up and have, be a family. Hallelujah. 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 That's what he's calling us to be and do and to listen. Listen with our hearts, listen with our minds, listen. I, be, I don't. I don't believe we raise children just to have kids around and okay. I, I believe we raise kids to, to uh, as Judy said last week, about being arrows. Which, did she do great last week or not? We're raising kids. We're raising kids to be great kids. We ought to look at our kids and say, hey, listen, you may be the president of the United States if they would want that job, but, or a senator, or, I mean, we have, to, we have to raise them to be leaders. Kids don't, kids don't become spiritual leaders unless you're leading in front of them. And if you're not a spiritual leader, you're not a spiritual leader, and you think they're gonna grow up and be great, I hope they do. I hope God will work in his mercy, but you're, you're putting your kids at, at risk you got to lead. You got to stand there. And you got to listen to your, your kids. We had two girls, Jackie and Banji. And I learned something that you can correct them. And some parents, all they do is correct their children or tell them what to do. That is secondary. Number one is. Are you close to them? I learned, you better listen to them. When they were upset or when they were happy, listen to them. What are they saying? If you have girls, you better be very sensitive. How many have girls in your house? Oh my God, okay. <laughs> you gotta listen to them because we were raising great children in our families. 
God wants to do incredible things that we have never thought possible. The apostle here pauses on verse 30 and he says, the Holy Spirit, he says, I want you to know who you are. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in, Christ, in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. That's referring to going to be with the Lord in the future and meeting Christ in, the, in heaven. And he says, so never grieve the Holy Spirit. Never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. There's another never. I was reading that and the Holy Spirit showed me that what he's talking about there is the context of relationships. So if I'm not speaking and listening to my family, then I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. And when I grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot do what he wants to do. He's not able to move relationally in my family when I don't have things together right. In the last service, the Lord just gave me the word while I was speaking that I think all this stuff of this social media is that we are grieving the Holy Spirit. And we need to say, no, I'm not going to grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to work. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come into my family, into my home, into my relationships. And verse 31, I'm going to lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, man, revenge, profanity, insults. He's writing to Christians. Probably doesn't apply to anybody here. Probably there's people watching it online. <laughs> no bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge. Wow. Profanity, insults. God hasn't called us to act that way. He's called us to be his kids. He says, don't you know you've been sealed? You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, which means that we have been forgiven of our sins through the death and resurrection of Christ. We have been purchased by God. I belong to the Lord. I've been sealed just as you seal a bag or seal something. Your life has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. I'm not my own. I've been purchased with a price. And because I've been purchased with a price, I now become his instrument. And I no longer am like everyone around in our culture. And I hear the words in the locker room. And a lot of you hear those words where you work. And sometimes that can rub off on you. And you, begins, you begin to say what you hear at work rather than saying, that is not of God, should never allow any of that to happen in your house. Because when those words are spoken, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how there is any family anywhere that can be viable and passionate without the Holy Spirit at work, in your house, in conversation, and when these things are happening, he says, listen, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're not inviting the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, all my life, I need the Holy Spirit all the time because we don't know what we're doing. Half of the time, we don't know what we're doing. 
And we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and help us and guide us and direct us. And I don't know why he's taking time here, this thriving congregation, and he's saying, stop this stuff and open up and talk. This week, do something in your home, in your family. Start with one night. If you have to bring in some grass-fed beef or something, <laughs> or some pickled beets, have a meal. Don't have any social media in your room. And gather together. And pray that the Lord will help you to talk to each other. And God will work in a special way. Notice what he says here in the last verse. He says something so profound. First of all, he says, hey, you've been sealed. You've been sealed. You belong to me. And then he says, take on new language. This is profound. Take on new language. The conjunction here is but. I'll leave that right there. Instead, he says, be kind. In the Greek, it says, keep on becoming kind. Be kind. Why don't you in your kitchen put up this verse? Just one line. But, says, instead be kind and affectionate to one another. Hug those kids. Hug your mom. Hug your dad. Hug them no matter what they've done. You gotta love people no matter what they do. I mean, no, there's a lot of criticism in life. A couple of years ago, I called someone in the church and I said, hello. And he talked to me about one of my sermons and how terrible it was. <laughs> Went on for about 20 minutes, building me up <laughs> in my discouragement. And I said, praise God. He's not here right now. And how many, how many have ever been criticized? Let me put one hand up. Some of you, don't, you better get your hand up. How many have been criticized? Put up both hands. I got three hands up, my leg. <laughs> we don't do what we do because they criticize us or they don't. I still come back, open my book here, and I still keep preaching and say, help me, Jesus. And I learn also a lot from my critics because every now and then there's a good point in there. So you have to listen to your critics and still be kind. And when your kids are the critics or the parents are the critics to you, you still say, listen, I'm not gonna be offended. I'm not gonna get angry. I'm not letting the accuser come in on my property. I'm not allowing it. It's not gonna happen. I'm strong. And I'm going to do what it says here, where he says, has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. And somebody tells you off, you say, I forgive you. Hey, have a wonderful day. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Praise God. Don't let him, don't let him stop you. Don't let him stop you. Hallelujah. Somebody tells you you're doing great, you say hallelujah. Someone tells you you're a failure, take it into consideration who the source is. Lift your hand and say, I'm called by God, anointed by the Holy Spirit, destined for greatness. God has a call in my life. I'm going forward, hallelujah. I'm blessed, I'm prosperous, I'm gonna do God's will. You may not like me, hallelujah, I bless you. You may like me, praise God, that's good. Main thing is I want God to like me and I'm going on. And I don't know who's in the meeting here in this 11 o'clock service that you're having someone through their criticism stop you in your tracks 
and you're crying at night and you're upset, well, see me after the service. I'll give you a hug and also a wonderful <laughs> blessing. Hallelujah. And you know what? Some of us just need to grow up and say, listen, that's okay when I was seven years old, but now I'm 17 or I'm 27 and I'm, gonna, I'm now a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I wish you have done this. I wish you have said that, but you didn't do it. But I'm still going on and I'm going to be kind and I'm going to be kind to you. Tell me off. Blow your horn. I won't blow anyway. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to have somebody make some shirts up that says, be kind and affectionate to one another. And let's have a family that we are, we are together in relationship, that we are in community. And I was arrested last night, not literally. I was arrested last night by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Alex, this coming radical move of God at Church in the Sun is going to happen in house churches all over this city. And they're going to be meeting. And there's going to be the fire of the Holy Spirit that's going to break out. And there are going to be, there are going to be some meetings where everybody's need is met sitting around, talking to each other, praying together. Right now, media, studying about how to have a better marriage, how to have better finances. And I can just see, we're having some open almost every week. Another house, another apartment, another business. Just like the group of Alex and Paula, Regino have their group over in Winter Garden or Claudie Mir, Vivian Lima in Metro West or Dina Rector in Windermere or Linda Tremble with the 40s and 50s single, Linda Trimble meeting in Longwood. And I see it. I see it house churches. I see house churches springing up House churches where people are healthy. House churches where revival is happening. House churches where we are close. When I get up to speak, I'm not giving information only. You can go to any, any place and there are thousands of sermons. You can sit at home and watch a sermon. But what we're doing here is a family. This is about my heart to your heart. This is about your heart to my heart. It's about your heart to the person sitting next to you. So somehow we get out of the church culture where we're just people congregating once a week. That's not this church. And I'm believing that no one will be left aside. No one will be left alone. And when we come out of this place and we walk into that lobby, I look for the people who are standing all by themselves. I look for the person who looks like their, their, their face, maybe they're disturbed. Because I know sometimes it's just a hug. Sometimes you're, you're sitting next to somebody, you don't know who they are. Or maybe the Holy Spirit has set that person next to you. And maybe it's simply, what's your name? Rather than sitting in a service, hey, thanks for sitting next to me. My name's Barb, what's yours? Hey, thanks for sitting next to me. And maybe the Holy Spirit will say something more. Our church, in the next year, will be, be something so magnificent, it will shake this city. Some of you come every now and then. You're not really in relationships. And God has given you the grace to do that. That's not your best. That's not what God wants. He wants me to be in community because people are pouring into my life. They're speaking into my life. We speak to each other. We become the church. 
become a powerful force. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a day coming where we will invade this city. We have not invaded this city yet, just a little bit. But there will come a day when there will be a group and it will be in a, in a community and all of a sudden they will reach out and there'll be one neighbor that will come and another neighbor, neighbor and all of a sudden that group changes from the light to the light. Now the darkness has entered and this church will not invade the darkness if I'm by myself and if you're here by yourself, God is saying to you, get up, be a leader. I need people in my life. I wouldn't be standing up here if I hadn't had you and thousands of people speaking to me every day. But when we rise up, something happens. God spoke to me last week. He said, Alex, the Wednesday night service, I, you didn't, it wasn't started for what it is. God gave me a word 20 years ago. The fire that would be, Wednesday night be the biggest service of the week. And the fire of the Holy Spirit, prayer, signs and wonders. I'm changing the deal on Wednesday night. We're going to the flow of the Holy Spirit. We're going to the flow of the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't want to be a part of, I don't want to be a part of services where healings don't happen. And most of the, he, most of the healings are not external. Our greatest healing is not my hand. Most of the healings are right here, right here. I'm praying the day comes you can't sit here and listen to the word of God without being healed. And I'm not talking about one healing one, one week. I'm talking about every week. Here's Jessica over here. Stand up, Jessica. All that she went through. Aren't you a part of a group? You're a part of a group in community. So the Holy Spirit meets us. We come in here. We hug each other. Hang out here in, in the lobby. Hey, every person comes to minister when we meet at this place. Everybody, everybody. Sometimes it's your hug in this one sentence. I'm proud of you. And it's all you say and that person gets in their car and they leave a little better. Holy Spirit, rise up in this church. Rise up. Take us. Take us from where we are. Certainly you're taking us where we've never been. And God, I don't know how to get to the one person. I call them, but they're still out there. I stay up at night thinking about the one person out there. The one person came back on at nine o'clock. I've been calling and calling. Sometimes wake up at three o'clock in the morning, praying for them. Why? Because I don't want to see one person on the sidelines. And I know if we're not a part of community, the enemy can grab you and kick you out. It happens. There are probably thousands of backsliders in this city who were once on fire and they didn't have people around them. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight in this church with our pastors and our leaders until we stand up here and say, every single person in our family, Linda with these 40s and 50 singles, every person is a part of community. Every person. This team, Pastor Austin, Thursday nights, they're meeting. They're not just getting up here singing. They're in community. They're doing life together. That's our church. And that day will come. Every Sunday, we bring a friend. And when we get fired up,
and whole ourselves. The vision that I saw years ago on the, t on the ground over here, and I saw John Young, they were backed up as far as you could see. And people were coming from the nations of the world to see what was happening on this nine acres in Orlando, Florida. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to ask you this morning to make some contact with one person you don't know. One person. Get their telephone number. Have a coffee with them. Hug people. We have guests all over the place. You saw the hand go up. Run over there. Take them for a coffee. Take them back to the guest room. Let them know we're not a church. Traditionally, we are a family. Got off my notes here, I'm sorry. In a minute, we're gonna take communion. We're gonna huddle in small groups. In fact, would you stand together, please? No one moving for just a second. Our pastors are coming and leaders. The last night of Jesus' betrayal, he took the bread with his disciples and he said, remember me, remember me, remember what I've done. And he held up the bread and the bread speaks of his body that was given for us, healing, wholeness. And then he held up the cup. Remember the blood that was shed for you that breaks every stronghold. In just a minute, we're going to take communion, small groups. You may come up as a husband and wife or girlfriend, boyfriend. Look around for one person that's by themselves. Come join us. And somebody hold up the bread and the cup. We have right over here in the front, right here, right here, right there. In the back, we have someone in the balcony, I believe. As we hold up the cup and the bread, believe that there will be healing in our whole bodies. If you're not a part of our church, we welcome you to come also if you know the Lord.
Lift your hands together and just sing. No rival. You have no rival. Rival, no rival. Sing it together. No rival. Come on, sing it. cross always reminds us that Christ has come and died and that he came that all of us could be forgiven of our sins. We can't fully comprehend with our minds exactly what happened on the cross other than he pardoned us. And he brought grace and mercy our way. That no matter what we have done, how far we've run, he beckons us and he says, I have pardoned you, I'll forgive you. And the enemy makes everything look good and we end up going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing and darkness surrounds us in guilt and condemnation. And Jesus steps in to the broken and he says, you, you come. We always, at the end of our meetings, give our friends an opportunity and some come for a long while and then there's one Sunday they say, that's for me. It's amazing just lifting a hand and saying, I need Christ. At nine o'clock, we had so many, and we had so many baptized in water, a declaration of their new life in Christ. And this can be you. Just a moment, we're gonna to count to three. And then you can just like throw up a hand and say, listen, I need Jesus. Or maybe you have known the Lord, but you just gotten away and you need to re-engage Christ. This can be your day. And Christ will give you a new life. He did it for me. And he did it for hundreds that are a part of this service. Many of you that are watching online. But you have to be courageous and step out because the enemy, he hates that. He doesn't want to lose one of his disciples. But we have prayed. God woke me up at three o'clock this morning Yesterday, I was swimming, praying for people to come to Christ. This is your day. This is your moment in your life. We're gonna to count to three. You just throw up a hand, say, pray for me, I need Jesus. One, two, three, throw it up, I need Jesus. Do it, do it wherever you are. Do it right now, yes. Just throw up your hand, yes, yes. Throw it up.
We're going to ask everyone who raised your hand to get out of your seat and just stand here for a minute. We're going to have a closing prayer with you. You come right now. You come. 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 Get out. Get out of where you are. Get out. Come to Jesus. Over here. this great to see all these friends coming to Christ? And we're going we're gonna to pray. If you just pray this prayer and give your life to the Lord in your heart. We're not thinking about how bad you've been, but how they're still coming. We're thinking about how great Jesus is. And we're going to pray this prayer. And then Pastor Dave will step to the side. We want to give you all a Bible for just a minute. Those that are watching online, make that decision right there, wherever you are. Repeat this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone in our family just to say this with them. Let's say it out loud. Say it from your heart. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Give me your grace the gift of righteousness and eternal life. Welcome to the family. God bless you.